that I was going to have Donut of the Week. And I yes. didn't have, I haven't still got Donut of the Week. I sort of feel that if it wasn't you I was doing this podcast with, I probably would have Donut of the Week. Do you feel I've carb shamed you? Mm, fat shamed, not carb <gasps> shamed. <laughs> How dare you? Because you know how... That is the opposite. Well, I've got this tiny little belly thing that I just can't get rid of. It doesn't matter what I do, I cannot shift it. Right. And so, uh, unless I don't eat, then it goes. <laughs> right. I mean, you just said it was both tiny and little, so why are you fussing over it? Well, when it's, it's little enough that I know it's there. There's a profile to it. It's sort of like first trimester... Um, so, so, so it's like, it's kind of cute, but if it was a baby, be fully embracing of it, fully embracing. Cause I'd be like Danny DeVito. I'd be millions in by now, probably. Um, but, well, I've got a question yeah. then. What, what would you, how would your life be different? What would you do differently if you didn't have that? Stop crying Stop at night. Crying at uh, no. Stop it. <laughs> um, well, I wouldn't do anything differently. I think I would be slightly more comfortable without my top on. That's very, that's ridiculous. Not for other people, entirely for me, because obviously I walk around here without my top on and only people, only I can see me. Um, but my point, let me just get to my point, because there's a bigger point here that's more important, is about the donuts, right? So, yeah. so I think I would comfortably eat a donut a week for this podcast. I'm just putting it out there that if you want to bring Donut a week back, yeah. I would quite happily write off donuts as business expenses and eat them <laughs> for the good. And now we get to the point. For the good of the human podcast, Matt. That that donut a week is not the problem. Oh, oh I'm a problem now, am I? Oh well so <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> No, this is supposed right, to be general said. warmth. It says in my notes here, intro and general warmth. I'm getting chills for you this Friendly week. Friendly banter. <laughs> Matt. Are they multiplying? <laughs> oh, you twist my words. <laughs> Look, do donut. I love donuts. Tell you what, I'll bring some next time and we'll have a Zoom Donut oh, this would be hilarious when we eat them together. I can imagine the personal trainer like like literally taking tiny little nibbles of the, and dusting oh all the sugar off, and then I'm like, oh. <laughs> you've never seen me eat. I I put it no, away. I oh, I put it away. I haven't seen you eat, and that that's interesting. That's interesting. Are, you, <laughs> are you just like IV just vitamins like IV at night? <laughs> <laughs> Diet water. <laughs> <laughs> I saw canned water this week for the first time ever. And it, right. and it even and it, says, because apparently a can is better to recycle than a plastic bottle. And plastic bottles yes. take quite a lot of water to... In fact, I was once at a conference. I was speaking at a conference for Northumbrian Water Board. And there was a chap that, that stood up and said that, you know, water is going to be a huge problem by 2020 something or other. Like a massive international shortage that people have no idea about. It's the next big crisis. There's water everywhere. And yet the irony is that we can't drink, you know, a lot of it. And there's a lot more people that need water than we've got water. And one of the big problems, he said, is that to produce a plastic bottle of water takes more water to produce the bottle than you get into the plastic bottle of water at the end. Wow. So if you buy a wow. half litre or 250 ml bottle of water, it, it took more water to make that bottle 
than you're actually drinking. That's a big problem, isn't it? That is. I saw um, they do Tetra Pak water bottles, well, water containers. Which... Other ceiling packs are available. <laughs> I don't think we're the BBC. I think we can be. <laughs> Unless we're being paid by Tetra Pak, any other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. All right. I'll have a word with Gad and Hans Rousey. <laughs> Oh, do you know? See if we can get do them as sponsors. <laughs> you mean Daddy and Daddy? <laughs> Look, if, if that's what it takes <laughs> to be sponsored by Tetra Pak. I like the idea that they have sort of like waxed bed sheets as well and everything in their house is just... <laughs> I don't know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like a little there's like a film on everything it's a little you go to sort of you go to gently relax on their side and you're like whoops <laughs> <laughs> well i wasn't expecting to envisage the rousing's slippery house but i'm quite enjoying it <laughs> oh man i think that's the introduction and general warmth done for this week before we get I any further into the tetra pack hole if you pardon the pun oh. <laughs> Although if we did, it would be easy to get out. <laughs> Just and comfortable. Uh, <laughs> right, moving on. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Matt. Lovely to see you. Also, you You're looking very tiny on my screen today, but your presence and warmth is huge. It is. I'm yes, great. <laughs> I was going to say I'm known for it. <laughs> so listen, last week we spoke about happiness. <clears throat> which I think yes. is a really, really important and lovely way to start this um, new series. But actually really challenging. I found it really difficult to just condense, because we could talk about happiness for a week, right? Um, yeah. And I really hope that other people have, other people listening, our listener, has uh, gone on and thought about happiness a bit more and, and just kind of let it reflect. And I suppose that is the one thing we should really keep reminding ourselves of and also our listener too, is that, you know, this isn't just a 45 minute sort of soundbite about that concept of human. I think it's something that certainly for me, I think about regularly, you know, I'm mm. constantly thinking, you know, could I have been a better person there or could I have been more attentive or, you know, perhaps thinking, oh, you know, I should have put a bit more effort in there. And it doesn't put any extra pressure on me living or, you know, I don't feel stressed about it. I feel a better person because I'm constantly checking in with my behavior and checking in with the way that yep. I'm thinking. Does that make sense? Well, it makes perfect sense because there are so many facets to happiness that it is impossible. It, it's basically impossible to tie down sure. to, well, as you said, to a soundbite. But precisely what you just said about exploring it and exploring how you, how you, how you are day to day is a, I don't know whether you meant to do this, is a perfect segue to today's topic of who am I? That's what we're going to be exploring today. And, constant, and that level of self-awareness, checking in with yourself, is something that I think comes with age. Because we start off as hopefully happy children running around and what we see is all we know. Mm -hmm. And then as every day, essentially, it's like a... The, the uh, skin of an onion is, yes. uh, is is peeled off and you see it and you learn a little bit more. Yes. And that's the constant thing about you have to constantly be changing your mind because you learn new things. Yes. But then I guess you reach a point when you're an adult, or some people do, and they refuse to change their mind even though they see new things. Yeah, yeah I guess. It reminds me of you know GCSE, I think it was English. It might have been A-level English. Mrs. Walkinshaw, Pam Walkinshaw, 
and Mrs. Wybron, Pam's. Jane Wybron, Pam and Jane. Jane. Uh, <laughs> um, they taught, uh, they showed me uh, John Betjeman's Songs of Innocence and Songs of Experience. And he wrote a load of poems called Songs of Innocence, which are all about childlike wonder, looking at things through the eyes of a child. And then he wrote another series of poems to counter that called Songs of Experience. And they're all about that sort of the same thing, but viewed through the eyes of an adult, much darker, mm. much more uh, sinister, much more. And you realise just that, that there's this beautiful naivety. Um, you would probably say naivete. Um, and there is... <laughs> A beautiful contrast <laughs> between the two, because you're right. There's this this innocence and naivety that can be really useful, and is and actually as a child is useful for us to continue to explore. And I try to hang on to some of that because it can be powerful. But equally, you know, as you go on and on in life, you you do pick up more. I don't know, you know cynicism yeah yeah cynicism I suppose or, or maybe not cynicism more just reality um, because you know the world isn't perfect and beautiful and, and made of you know candy floss and all the rest of it but equally there's still beauty and, and I think in some ways there's a lovely juxtaposition there that our role as we get older I think becomes and there's more importance on asking more questions and exploring and not taking things on face value and understanding that actually there might be something more to this, there might be more substance. And I suppose that sort of goes hand in hand with what you were just saying, that some people, even when they get to that point, that there's an indication that there might be something different, or there's an indication that there might be um, something else going on, refuse to look into it. They'd rather just yeah. hang on to that sort of childlike innocence and wonder. Um, mm. Is that okay? I guess it is. We're all human. We can live I mean, our It's, it's about keeping yourself safe yeah on one hand sure if you it's i guess living in your comfort zone you know where everything is nothing changes your you know how everything works how it will feel when you interact with it but of course there's no growth if you don't step out of your comfort zone and you may not ever find out who you really are what you really love who you who, you may never find the person you you were looking for if you stay within those confines but then i guess it's about it might be about living like Someone who stays within their comfort zone lives in like their wave of happiness doesn't and, and sadness doesn't sure. go up and down too much, sure. but they don't then experience those extreme highs and maybe extreme lows as well. Yeah. Which is that what is that what makes life so amazing? The but maybe not everyone's built for experiencing the extremes, and actually, we need people in between. I think I do go for personally the whoa, my god, that's the most amazing things. And I need that sometimes. Um, and I've got good at stepping out of my comfort zone, I think, over the certainly over the last 10 years. Again, not something I did in my 20s. Sure. Very play by the rules, follow the leader, yes. have a career, climb the corporate ladder, blah, 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 blah. And then realising, oh, maybe I could do something slightly differently. Yeah. And then having greater experiences and, yeah, growing. But I, I think there is a danger there in thinking that that is... Because the, the extremes aren't necessarily... So the extremes are subjective. What your extremes are will be because your field of um, uh, sort of normality is very narrow. So it seems like your that those are extremes out of that and the very narrow comfort zone because you're used to expanding your comfort zone. So if your comfort zone is very narrow, those extremes will seem <laughs> oh, wild, right? Um, whereas 
other people, if you have a very broad comfort zone, only stepping outside of that a tiny bit will seem crazy and wild. You know, for some people, yes. I mean, for a child, for example, an extreme of freedom would be letting go of the of the adult's hand as they cross the road. Yeah. You know, so it's all subjective. And I think the the danger is that actually, as humans, if we don't explore and ask ourselves who we are, there's a wonderful phrase, which is, and I forget who to attribute it to, and they said, and I, I suspect actually it's Kenneth Williams, the actor, I suspect, it goes something like, um, I grieve for the person I dreamed of being. And I think that is a very true sentiment for an awful lot of people that I um, meet where they dream to be this incredible person or dream to be mm. a doctor or dream to be mm. kind or dream to be like that person who shows great attributes but never did anything to attain it. And then it gets to the point where it's too late or they feel they can't achieve it. And so now they just grieve for the fact that that person's lost. The person they could have been, the person they wanted to be has gone forever. Mm. Uh, and I think that's a tragedy that an awful lot of people realise and you hear it commonly, you know, that on people's deathbeds or when people get really old, they lament that they didn't, you know, love harder. They didn't take more risks. They didn't, you know, go off and study medicine when they were 40 or whatever it is. Um, and I think that if there's one thing this podcast series can do is just to make people think maybe this episode is the most important of all of them, Matt. I don't know, which is, you know, who am wow. I? And, yeah. and who do I think I am? You know, that question, who do you think you are? It's, yeah. it's a really, really or who, question. Who could I be? Yeah, sure. In the future. Because even just a slightly more attentive version of yourself, mm. instead of when people are talking to you thinking, what am I going to say next? Just consciously listening to what they're saying and just waiting. And when there's a silence, you go, oh, that's how attentively I was listening because they've stopped and I'm still thinking about what they're talking about. As opposed to an awful lot of people they hear something and, they, and in their mind they're like, oh, I can add that, I can chip in. I can, or, and some people even just continue over them. You ever see those conversations where there's two people like, <laughs> they're like, they're like <laughs> constantly talking over each other. Um, so yeah, even just little tweaks to who you are can make you more fulfilled. What you were talking about, grieving for the person you thought you'd be or wanted to be, moving towards that, doesn't mean necessarily it has to be a sea change of changes in your life. It can be, like you said, just small things. Yes. So actually, to be you, because maybe you don't, you maybe you won't a hundred percent be the person you wanted to be. But in a week, you could be two percent closer to being yes. that person. <clears throat> yes. Which it, it, humans so often have that binary humans. Like I'm not one. That was weird. You know, you know those humans. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, us, we drag me have that. This. <laughs> we so often have that binary all or nothing understanding of how things are but it's very rarely that it's all like 99.9% of the time it's grey area sure. it's things are possible in some direction in some way of changing who you are yeah. always 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 and it, this is the thing as well it's never too late it's never too late to do something that you want to do good for yourself I think there's a really interesting thing here you know about the perception um of the reality of who we think we are, the reality of who we are, but it is who we think we are. 
because there's you know there's a there's a piece here that maybe we haven't got time for today maybe we will which is that what other people think of you is doesn't matter but it is relevant because who you think you're projecting and who you think you are if that's not being received then other people's perception of you is relevant you know if i think i'm kind and generous and everybody thinks i'm an ass then maybe i'm wrong uh, and maybe their perception of it actually is important for me to take on board but at the same time you shouldn't live your life to try to impress other people or try to you know yeah. you know number one is am i happy does that sort of make sense that's a big big topic it it does but i'm not sure it's strictly true because yes you're right we we shouldn't live for other people's validation and also i believe their understanding and interpretation of who we are and opinion of us ultimately is down to them and ultimately how they have it's down to every experience they've had leading up to the moment they first interact with us yes they because they see well everyone has this lens of experience in front of us so how it's, it's like when two people go to the cinema which you can do now and they watch the same film and they come out and one loved it and one hated it they saw the same film but they interpreted it differently yes same with meeting a person yes let me push on that then so let's let's assume that you love dancing and you think you're a great dancer and you decide (laughs) i'm a dancer and you decide (laughs) that you're going to try to get a job as a dancer because you think you're a great dancer or Britain's Got Talent, you know, you think you're a great singer and they show all of the fails with the people that cannot hit a pitch or a note, let alone sing in time or tune or... And so are you happy but delusional? And should you maybe <laughs> take on, you know, the, the the it's all very well sort of saying, well, I'm going to make a career as a singer and never getting there because you can't <clears> sing <throat> very well. And so you need to take on board other people's criticism or other people's um perception that maybe you know you're not a great singer as you think you are you could be it's not saying you can't never be but you Mm. might need some singing lessons or you know take up drawing um but that's sometimes a really relevant thing to take on board but it can be really painful because of the reality is different to our perception of who we think we are does that sort of make sense yeah it does that but that's everything you said there, the singing or the drawing or the dancing, anything like that can have more specific standards yes. that we've yes. all as a, as a world agreed on versus just being a person. And obviously we've agreed that we, most of us will be kind and supportive and help each other. But even with that, I still think being a human is so much more open to interpretation from each individual 7 billion of us on earth yes. that yes. Because because we don't get on with everyone. As much as we might think we want to, there are some people who don't like us yes. for whatever, for things we've done or for things they perceive we've done or vice versa. So it's I don't think you can quite draw parallels between, oh, we can all agree that he's a bad dancer or singer versus we can all agree that that person isn't someone we're all going to get on with. Yes, yes. I think it's choosing where you get your Back perception, I suppose, isn't it? I saw something really lovely this week that said, stop trying... Uh, stop trying. Stop trying. Yes, just stop. <laughs> says regards the world. Um, <laughs> stop trying to make everyone like you. 
you don't even like everyone. And I thought, wow, I'd never heard that before. But it's brilliant, isn't it? You know, it's again, it's the perception, our perception and the reality of what's going on. You know, that actually it works both ways here. Um, That that phrase is so freeing. Yes. Everyone should hear that. Um, Or at least everyone who thinks they're a people pleaser. You listen to that world. That is incredible. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It had no attribution, so I don't know who 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 came up with it. Um, but I, whoever you are, get yeah, I think it was Edwina Curry. <laughs> who Edwina Curry? Yes, probably. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't. I know. I don't know her, but um, I always struggle between Edwina Curry and Esther Ranson. But since Esther Ranson used to be my safe word and I've, since I've changed that now I, I find it difficult to sort of I see her in a different light but listen Matt um, in part yes. two of this discussion we're going to give uh, some very specific examples <clears throat> of how to help you um, think about that concept of who you are and getting to a different place and challenging who you are in a nice way um, to hopefully be a clearer person, a more confident person, a better person, or whatever you want to be, or just yeah. a, an improved version of yourself, a different version of yourself. But first, I think there's something very special coming up, isn't there? Ah, oh, there is. Uh, well, well, there's two things. <laughs> oh, sorry, we can edit this. Do you want? Do you mean merch or both? No books. Oh, good, 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 good. Okay, I was good. waiting for the theme tune. I'm going to edit that out anyway. Well, I'd like to hear it again. <laughs> it, I've got a new one. Oh. It's Book of the Week and it links to the theme. Book of the Week and you'll have a lovely scream. Scream? You went with scream instead of dream. Dream. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to the sub editors with that. Or we'll we'll it hash clean. it out. Or, or clean. <laughs> Uh, here I am dressed as a bream. We'd all like to see that. <laughs> Are you ready? I freaking love this book. It's called The Double by Portuguese author, she's educated, Jose Saramago. Or Jose, actually, they say in Portugal, not Jose. Jose is Spanish, it would be Spanish. Jose, you pronounce the J in, in Portuguese. Okay, and uh, in Espanol, Jose is uh, para masculino. In Portuguese. Jose is femenino or no? No, masculino. Oh, so it's he then, not she. It, he, it is a he, yes. But you said she. Did I? Yes. Oh, no, I meant she as in me. Oh, that was the joke. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, I mean, what does it matter now anyway, right? It's to, here's a bag of pronouns and <laughs> there we go. Um, so... And also, you're eating into my review time, Jess. Sorry. So... Are, are, is this a, is this a fiction? It's, it's, it, I only read the fictions. All right, go on. <laughs> so you might have heard of this man because he's written, well, he is sadly dead now. He wrote a lot of amazing books. And the one you might have heard of is called Blindness, which won the Nobel Prize for Literature and was made into a film with Julianne Moore, hmm. which I haven't seen, but the book is... Wow. Um, this is called The Double, very relevant to today. It is about a man who is watching TV and all of a sudden in the film he's watching... He sees himself with a moustache, but he sees himself. This has also been made into a film, which I really want to see, and I haven't yet. It's called the film's called Enemy, and I think um, Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. There's another reason to watch it, and it's it's an existential thriller rolled into one. Well, that is one thing. It's existential crisis and thriller rolled into one. There we go. Uh (laughs) It's 
so brilliant and it's unlike anything you will have read and the way it denouements will make you see your k's <laughs> that's a phrase i used before we were recording going on cream your knickers <laughs> ah um, see your k's yes see your k's um not see yes <laughs> uh I can't recommend it highly enough. It is published by, because I know you asked me, Vintage. Okay. It's about 20 years old. Okay. One, uh, tw- 2002. One thing, just as, I guess it's a caveat. Um, I don't know if you can see that. He doesn't use any punctuation apart from full stops. Oh, my so word. So each, each page is just words. Wow. Um, Who'd have so thought you a have book to, with pages of words? <laughs> <laughs> but there's no inverted commas uh-huh. or commas. You have to really focus on who's speaking and what's happening. Sure. And that's how he, he writes in all of his books. And it's amazing. It's so it's a challenging read, sure. but it's really rewarding. And it's very much about who am I? Incredible. Why is it? Well, yeah, I suppose because it's an identity crisis, right? Absolutely. Who am I? If, if, there's, if, if there's another one of me out there, who am I even more anymore? Like, sure. could, I, could he come and take my, my partner? Yes. Like, could he take my place? Could I take his place? Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Good call, Matt. Like that one. So uh, my book of the week uh, is a twist on Who Am I? Because it's about understanding that often the people that we think we know are more than we know and that we ourselves can be more than we think we are. So this is one of... I read a lot of biographies, unlike you, I'm in the real world, not the made-up fictional world a lot of the time. (laughs) One of us is a dreamer, the other one much more reality. Uh, And this is, the book is called Roald Dahl's Marvelous Medicine, but not that one. It's not Roald Dahl's uh, Marvelous Medicine, this is Roald Dahl's Marvelous Medicine by um, Tom Solomon. And it's a story about... Roald Dahl, and of course most people know him as the famous writer of lots of children's books, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, etc, etc. But most people are unaware that Roald Dahl had a fascination with medicine. And because of a brain injury that his son sustained in a car crash, Roald Dahl, with the help of, and he used to live 20 minutes from where I grew up, uh, and I think I met him once, at school. Oh. I had no idea who he was. And then later on thought, oh, crikey, like now I know who this guy is. Um, he invented, along with a friend of his who lived just down the road, who was a, um, an engineer, I think, a special brain shunt. So a piece of uh, apparatus that can get put into your brain if you have a brain injury um, that is still used today. And it saved the lives of, I guess now, millions of people, not just children. Uh, but it talks about his um, fascination with, with sort of everything medical. And this chap, uh, Tom Solomon, is a doctor. Um, and when Roald Dahl was admitted into hospital, Tom used to go and see him a lot and had late night discussions. And so there are sort of anecdotes and scripts in here from when they were chatting together. And what's really lovely is that as Roald Dahl's life came to an end, naturally, you've got this little snapshot here of... An incredible life from which he did write about, you know, um, uh, being in the war and being shot down and his sort of struggles with that. Uh, Where the darkness of a lot of Roald Dahl's writing came from, the fact that he actually wrote a lot of adult books, but a lot of people didn't know that either uh, and that they're quite dark. Um, They are. And 
but more interestingly, the heartbreak and heartache that he went through as a man fairly privately and what he did with that, which was ultimately not only, I would say, to change the world through writing, that was almost unintentional, accidental. He wrote the stories for his children, but unintentionally again to change the world through his fascination with medicine to work out how can I make the world a better place? We need to do something about this. It doesn't exist, so I'll invent it. Isn't that just wonderful? <laughs> um, it's wow. published by Liverpool University Press. And what is even more beautiful is 100% of the author royalties from the book are donated to six different charities. Uh, the Stroke Association, the Walton Centre Charity, who support excellence in neuroscience, the Encephalitis Society, it's a brain injury, swelling of the brain, uh, SHINE, which stands for Spina Bifida uh, Hydrocephalus Information Networking Equality, the University of Liverpool, and Roald Dahl's marvellous children's charity, who I'm a big supporter of. That's my book of the week. Great book of the week. Two great books of the right. week. Right. So what you can but do... But which is... one's better? Well, we know, <laughs> don't we? There's no point... <laughs> Awkward. Uh... I mean, fiction allows you to come up with anything, whereas that's just real world that's happened. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. Uh, all in the past. <laughs> so come on then, hit me with this life-changing quote that you've found, you've dug up from your nightly Bible readings. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I thought... <laughs> <laughs> Are we back? We're back. <laughs> We're back. Part of that sentence is true. <laughs> um, it's the expression, and the scales fell from my eyes. Let's say it's in the book of Ruth or something. I don't. It means you can see. Suddenly you can see. And actually, just to link back. So the book I mentioned, his other, Jose's, uh, Jose's other really big book, Blindness, is about the world goes blind, basically. And then they have to start coping with that. Side point. Um, so yes, the I, I say this quite a lot, and the scales fell from my eyes. And a friend of actually, a friend of me, friend of mine, randomly said it, and I it just stuck. But I think as we get older, older, really struggling with word, the words a little. today, a little. It's embarrassing. Um, I think the scales do, like especially maybe from the age of about six to fourteen. Right. Do you, do you think when you go from track, because that is really moving from being a child to like essentially an adult almost in terms of what you believe, because when you're five or six, you might believe in Santa. Yeah. And then overnight you have to instantly change. As soon as you learn that isn't true, you have to change a huge sure, belief sure. there and then. And then you go through all of this intense learning, not just at school, but in life growing. That's when your body changes the most, like all of these things you realise these enormous people you've been walking around looking up at, you're actually going to be one of those? Yeah, sure. What? And I think that that really is the period of your of scales falling from your eyes. But equally, as you get older, I th and I think things like reading and staying curious yeah. is and just meeting people and, and op staying open is how you continue to remove, <laughs> get those scales off my eyes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Throughout life. I, I There's a really um, sweet little exercise that, I think is really useful for anybody. It doesn't matter if you don't have um, a challenge right now. You know, you might be sat at home thinking, well, I'm not bothered uh, about changing anything in my life right now. I feel quite happy with who I am. I know who I am. 
Um, and it's a really, it's a very, very simple thing. It's, I think, a private thing. Um, it's called an A-B split test. Uh, and I think it really opens up and pushes challenges where who you think you are and where you really think you are. So you grab a piece of paper and you write down the letter A. <clears throat> and underneath the letter A, you spend a bit of time using words, phrases, descriptive terms, anything you like to describe where you are right now. What's your current position? Um, and you can be as literal or as metaphorical or, or whatever. And you can think about things like spirituality and finance and, I, I don't know, uh, personal growth, uh, career. So you might put mm. married, three children, live in a semi-detached house. You know, you can be really sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of uh, literal. Yeah, literal, yeah. And um, big pathological idea. about it. Or you can be slightly more... Yeah, it could be maybe at a crossroads, but you're not sure why, or unsettled, or uh, unhappily married, but secretly, or something like that. Um, so that goes on all of your A. When you've exhausted that, you grab a brand new piece of paper and you write down the letter B. And underneath the letter B, you write down again all of the words, thoughts, phrases, descriptive terms to describe where you want to be, where you could be, where you should be, or where you need to be. So it's very much future tense. How... Yeah. Where could I be with here? Well, I could be happily married or I could be uh, living in a smaller house with less financial constraints or living in a bigger house with more room for the family or uh, maybe traveling more or whatever. Only when you've done that, do you grab another third piece of paper. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking well, this is Not made of paper. Awful lot of paper, Jez. But let's be <laughs> honest, it's a little bit late for those trees. Use as much as you want. So you grab a third piece of paper. <laughs> you can use digital paper. And you draw the letter C. And underneath the letter C, this is the bit that's going to take a much more thinking. Now, the A-B split test, generally speaking, the A, most people think, oh, that was easy. When they get to the B, really easy. Because as human beings, we generally look towards the future anyway. We're very, it's a protective mechanism. We're very future-led. Um, and that in itself is very useful pathologically and has been useful historically, but isn't very useful um, because we forget to live in the moment. We forget to enjoy where we are. We forget to take stock or just kind of take a moment and say, do you know what, I'm grateful for this. Last night, you know, I was driving really late back home after some work. It was about half midnight and I was still quite tense and stressed. I took a deep breath and thought, what am I thankful for? I'm really thankful for a comfortable car for this long journey. I'm thankful for a safe car. I'm thankful for a reliable car. I'm thankful for the fact that I've really had a nice evening this evening. You know, yes, I'm tired. Yes, I'm groggy. <laughs> yes, I'm hungry. But I'm really grateful. It's about being in that moment, not about, you know, racing to get home because I'm tired or whatever. So most people will find the B easier than the A. I find that's true about 70% of the time. But the C is really, it takes a little bit more thought and complicated. Because the C is the split test. It's what's the difference between where am I right now and where do I need to be? What's got to happen? So C is the cause of action. What's got to happen yeah. in order to take you from where I am right now to where I want to be? And you can be literal with this as well. So it could be, for example, A, non-swimmer. B, where could I be or want to be or need to be or should be able to swim? C is book swimming lessons, right? Um, or speak to uh, somebody about my concerns about a lack of confidence or fear of swimming or something. A could be unhappily married. B could be where do I want to be? Happily married, three children, live in a new house, you know, change my life, whatever. So C could be broach the concept of, you know, either marriage therapy or divorce or separation or, hmm. or whatever. 
Um, but what you end up with is this very literal flow that takes you from your current state through, oh, is there an alternative way or is there something that intrinsically I feel a need to change to an almost a course of action? Now, what you do with that C is entirely up to you. And the power is in knowing that it's there that you probably didn't know because your perception of the reality was to fit and make this A, your current situation, make it work and ignore mm. everything around it to sort of fool yourself into thinking that this was the reality. Whereas actually, the A-B split test, what it does is it shows that the A is your perception of reality, the B is the reality. You know, that is the inner me saying, that's where I want to be, that's where I need to be, that's where I should be, that's where I could be. And the C becomes, I guess, the mechanism for how you're going to get to who you think that you are. Does that make sense, Matt? It makes a lot of sense. Okay. And I'm keen to do it. But I've got a big old question for not you. Not now, though, eh? No, not now. <laughs> not now. Uh, I've got a big old question for you. The last time you did it, what came out? What was? Tell, can you tell us one thing that was in your C that you'd like to do? That's a really good question. Um I, it's been, what, maybe eight months since I did it. I used to do it fairly regularly. I used to do it quarterly. Um, and it used to be in my diary to do quarterly. <clears throat> Is that your recommendation to people? To do it quarterly? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, my recommendation always is to do things like that, is to just take a moment and step back and say, okay, where am I in life? Because the danger is we habituate so quickly. We get used to our lot. We're very good at adapting and evolving and not necessarily in a good way because it's great that we are adaptable as a species, but mm. we adapt at, with the risk and also at the um, behest of checking that what we're adapting and evolving to is the right thing to. Um, you know, I, I sort of liken it to like if you're at a theme park or somewhere where there's a big queue and they put those barriers up or at an airport where they don't bloody section it off so that you can just get there quicker <laughs> and you still have to do that. Well, you still do it because it's there, right? So you adapt and evolve to that ridiculous queue system, whereas really it just takes somebody to take those sodden tapey things off so you can cut straight to the front because there's nobody else in the rest of the zigzaggy thing. <laughs> um, and that sometimes is our life, isn't it? You know, we're at a, that stupid airport passport queue. Obviously now... Being English, we don't have to worry about that because we'll just join the nine mile long queue with the rest of the yes. world because we don't have the ability and the privilege to, yes. <laughs> to cut or never leave England again. <laughs> um, so I would say any any regular moment, I think monthly is too soon for most normal people, if I'm honest. So, you know, quarterly, which also fits in seasonally as well. Uh, is probably a good time just to it doesn't have to be a big event you know it could be 20 minutes or half an hour with a cup of tea and just say right I'm gonna in the same way that you might say I'm gonna go for a walk to clear my head or I'm gonna go for a walk with the dog on my own or um, mm -hmm. just give me you know an hour I want a bit of time on my own that would that would be your time to do that right so so anyway I'm sorry Matt so eight, tell us about your big C eight months ago <laughs> the big C uh, was I don't think of one that I had um that aren't too dramatic and personal. Um, well, actually, okay, so maybe let's pick a, a, a work one. Uh, I was in a place where I'd sort of got into a place of work that wasn't really true to what I wanted to be doing. 
um, and I'd sort of fallen into a bit of a trap. Uh, my B was, I had a very clear identity of where I wanted to be. And so the C was to develop a sort of rebrand, uh, uh, to work out, drill into what that was more about where I wanted to be. So I wanted to be working in nature and with human behaviour more than I was. It would be a bit clearer. Uh, but I had no idea how to go about that. And so my C was block out a day in my diary, go off on my own and drill down into what that, um, you know, what that course of action was. Who, who did I, you know, what did I want to be talking about nature? Because nature's a bit broad. Human behaviour is really broad. It's how the human project came about um, from that, you know, that exercise. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a boring one, but it gives you an example. No, but that's, that's really lovely because actually some people may have been thinking, oh, this is a bit woo-woo and a bit manifestation and all of oh, that. Oh, no, not at all. And actually it can be super practical in helping you find the path forward. I'm not woo-woo uh, in, like, in any which way. Like I push on woo-woo quite a bit. Like if woo-woo is your juju, then ooh-ooh, goo-goo for you. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, no, I'm very much about the show me the, sa the facts and give me the science. Um, I don't dismiss woo-woo. But um, I am just maybe a little, or maybe I, by calling it woo-woo, I'm probably being dismissive. I it. think we are. Yes, I mean, uh, yes. I, I think I skirt woo-woo. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> like, I'm, I, 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 I'm into a bit of ma manifestation in, but like the whole believe what you want and work towards it. But yes. I think you get it because you've chosen to work towards it, not just because the universe has decided yeah. to send it to your doorstep. I mean, a, Sorry, that's off topic. A scientist would call that goal setting, but yes. Yeah, exactly. And subconsciously finding ways to work to, towards yeah. it. I mean, if you're rolling around in rose quartz crystals every night and uh, perhaps listening to whale birthing music, then I would say perhaps you've gone a step too far. But if it works for you, then then Hey, great. yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Anyway, Matt, I meant to say at the very beginning, I don't know if I can say this with everyone listening, but you're looking hot today. Oh, well, yes, that's this old Victorian house that stores the heat in I the bricks. I don't think it's that. I think it's that little, <laughs> it's that little top you're Might wearing. it be? That's skimpy. Might old. it be? <laughs> We've got human merch. <laughs> Very exciting. I am loving I am... this, Matt. Look at yours. Yours is great. So you are wearing the black vest. And there is thumbprint logo with the thumbprint logo. And there is for all of the merch, uh, there's a bag, there's a cool tote bag. I'm loving the cool tote bag with the thumbprint logo on it. And there are loads of different t-shirts. I've got this gray, it's this beautiful mild gray um, color. It's a lovely fit uh, with the, uh, mine says, I am human. And there's another one that says only human throughout the series as it wears on and on and on. <laughs> you will see, I can imagine the various different things. Um, but 100% organic cotton, proper organic. Super soft. And delivered. Tell them how they're delivered, Matt, when they order them. Oh, um, Boris the Iguana, we train him. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Uh, we have sourced plastic-free packaging. A super eco-friendly, really lovely uh, small company that is design that has designed wonderful packaging. Uh, sustainable, reusable, recyclable, all of that lovely stuff. You'll want to keep it and reuse you it. You will. So it's weird. you're not just getting a lovely t-shirt or bag. You're getting a leather envelope to reuse and pass on around the world. And if you're in France and you order it, you'll get it through the post and you'll go, Sacre bleu, papier! Uh, that's what you'll say. <laughs> Which means, crikey, look, it's made of paper and not plastic. How joyous, or something like that. <laughs> uh, where? Where? <laughs> 
Um, so yes, this is lovely merch, and um, uh, there are lots of different t-shirts in different designs. There's long sleeve and short sleeve, and some funky things. And if you'd like to see a different print, we might maybe go with some of those podcast uh, episode titles, like "Touch of the Bear." <laughs> 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 and uh, your favourite quote uh, oh I forget what was your favourite quote uh, first one beauty fades dumb is forever right love that I think that's definitely got to go on a t-shirt um, <laughs> and if you'd like it you can head on over to the store we'll put the uh, on Instagram and on Twitter and in the show notes we'll put the little link there so you can head on over and Ta-da! they're super cheap too it's win 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 <laughs> so show your support for the human podcast and the fact that you're human and proudly human uh, and you can mm. head on over to our merch site. More of that on another episode. Plus, don't forget the tie-in playlist as well. I completely forgot about the playlist. So you've added... What have you added this week? We give, give, give. Yes, yeah, so five new songs each week, but they just get added to the same playlist. So they don't disappear. So last week's was happiness theme. Yep. This is Who Am I? Who Am I? I'm not going to spoil the surprise, but there are five absolute belters on that. Some old, some new, some borrowed, one blue. I'm, <laughs> I'm interested to hear these and see how uh, you tie in the Who Am I uh, theme of this week. So I should be taking a little listen. Good. Feedback. Don't let that, don't <laughs> let that listening count be just two, dear listener. <laughs> so, Matt, we've careered to the end of another episode. This one's been a difficult one just? to talk about. Again, because of the time. Like This could be another week. This could be a series, quite frankly. Happiness and Who Am I could be two separate pod series. In fact, they probably are, but they're not as entertaining. By the end of this, I would imagine that we think, oh gosh, we need to develop all of these themes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the tie-in mouse maths as well. Matt, sign off. Let's tell where can we... Oh, I forgot the one thing. So, in episode three of the Testisode, we said that we would be vulnerable and human by sharing our sort of daily affirmations, things that we felt that we can improve about ourselves, the, the sort of things, if we were honest, uh, deep down, were uh, either a problem or a struggle for us, and that we decided we would like to try and approve, uh, improve. So um, I, I had mine on my phone. Oh, hit me. And I have... <laughs> Oops. Ah. Uh, and so I know we both said we would try doing that. Now, mm. do you have uh, yours as well? Do you remember that we did this? Oh, I do it. Oh, I did because it. Because I thought what we might do is maybe share them on uh, Instagram and on the Human Podcast Twitter. And if other people have their own, you know, if they'd like to sort of do a sort of liberating way of saying, do you know what? This is a thing I'm going to make public. I'm going to make myself accountable. Here is me as a human. This is the one thing I need to improve. Um, or the one thing that I need to work on, I'm going to get it out there so I've got some accountability, um, or just to you know make your affirmation public. We could share them all together, couldn't we? Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to share mine now as like a inspiration. Yeah, I think we should both share ours. And then we could have oh, Affirmation Monday. <laughs> you were trying to think of a day of the week right? that began with an A, <laughs> yeah. weren't you? <laughs> there isn't one, and there should be. We could have Affirmation Friday, but I think Affirmation is oh. different. What about affirmation afternoons? Oh. And then you, because they pop up just every afternoon at, say, 2 p.m. in your phone. Affirmative. See what I did there? (laughs) Right, go on then, Matt. What's yours? You are a leader. 
I am. Oh, for you. Yeah, no, me. So this is something like uh, building my personal training career. And in the first when six, seven years, when I was more a traditional face-to-face trainer, just training people face-to-face, didn't have to embrace anything like that because I was just seeing people one-to-one. Moving into the online world, you have to get, well, you don't have to, but I wanted to get comfortable with putting myself out there and being the leader that actually people are looking for. Sure. And this this is something, funnily enough, what we talked about last week when you said about I sometimes pre-minimise myself by saying things like, oh, I don't want to sound smug. Mm-hmm. So this plays into, no, I'm going to play big. Like, I'm happy to step up and be the leader that some people need sure. for inspiration about how to start some fitness, how to feel good, how to look after yourself. I'm embracing that. And it hadn't always come naturally. So, and so that daily reminder that it's okay to be a leader, and I actually am, is brilliant. Do you think that's imposter syndrome? Or is it the idea of saying, I am this person that is vicariously, slightly self-elevated because of the concept of being a leader and that you felt self-conscious about that? Or what, why has that been a struggle before? I, th- I think I think, I think think imposter syndrome and that thing you described are the same thing. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> but in a slightly um, different way. <laughs> um, yeah, yes, I think it's... Uh, I don't know whether we always excuse it as a British thing, but it feels like an inherently British trait yes. to yes. let other people go first and, you know, oh, you hang back. Yeah. So... Being a bit more bombastic and getting okay with it. And that links back to the start, stepping out of my comfort zone to put my flag in the sand and say, yes, I am here. This is what I stand for. Follow me. Yes. Is what I wanted to do. And the more that I do it, the, and the more I do it, the easier it gets. I love it. And I love being able to help people. Love that. And so do you feel better, the, the regular affirmation and you saying, actually, do you know what? I am worthy of being a leader and I am. A leader, you know, there are people that are looking to me for advice or guidance. Uh, do you feel better now having, you know, and more confident about doing it and saying, do you know what? Yeah, I do lead people. Absolutely. And it's just a small thing and it just pops up in my phone. Well, for now, I'm going, I, I did it at the time and then I deleted it because it was annoying for a bit, but I'm ready <laughs> to get it. Because the thing is, you don't have to have this forever, but I'm willing and actually I'm happy to chuck it back in as a reminder. Yeah, but, and sometimes it doesn't need to be there all the time. When it gets to the point that's annoying, that's probably the yeah. time when you're being actually self-conscious that it exists as a reminder. So it's okay. It's just that if you yeah. if you remove that constant reminder, what you do need is another way, a slightly less intrusive way of being reminded by it. And sometimes just a post-it note stuck on the fridge or something, or a post-it note on the mirror so you brush your teeth and you see it, is useful enough just to be reminded. Uh, but that's a great sign that you were getting annoyed by the reminder that's really good <laughs> yeah, I know. um so mine is uh, i feel inherently a little more self-conscious about sharing it but i, well, I will show it, of course uh, and the two that i had were that um i am good enough and uh, b- because i really it's not so much imposter syndrome it's just that i'm in i have always been incredibly self-critical about I, I, you know, I've performed, I've presented at conferences for the last 13 years. There will be tens of thousands of times I've presented. And on one hand, I can count the ones that I'm happy with or proud of or think that went well. Uh, and my manager now doesn't even ask me how a job went. Because I will say it was terrible. This went wrong. I was, this was bad. I didn't do this, yada, yada, yada. And then the client will say, this, he was the best speaker we've ever seen, you know, those sorts of grandiose. And you're like, well, I don't get that, but okay, fine. Um, 
So I, I've, I've struggled with the idea that I need to be a million times better than I am right now. And that sometimes just the output, something that you've got to share now is enough. Um, so I'm still working on that I'm good enough. I, I think I'm getting much better at that. The one I'm still really struggling with, I'm going to be honest, is that I am attractive. Because I don't, and, and this is a whole other thing, but I don't consider myself attractive and I don't, I don't get it when other people say nice things about me. So if someone says, oh, you know, you're very handsome or whatever, I, it, 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 I immediately feel tense inside. It jars me. I'm like, mm, they're being mm. patronizing or they're being not very nice. And that I'm finding very difficult to still get through. And I don't know what the block is there in terms of uh, not feeling attractive. It doesn't, it doesn't cause me, thankfully, any mm. significant things. You know, I don't have bulimia. I don't have body dysmorphia, I don't think. I don't have those, you know, I don't purge. I don't, you know, eat myself to sleep or something. So I'm very grateful for that. And, uh, but it, it is interesting that it's a thing. Uh, so, so those, those were my affirmations. Um, I probably need to work on the second one a little bit more, um, because for whatever reason, it doesn't matter why they exist. We probably all mm -hmm. got things that just aren't quite right. You know, it might be that you don't like your feet or you don't like your legs or you don't, you know, it might not be because anybody's ever said anything. You just think, and it probably is driven. You're very good at this, Matt, actually about saying, well, you know, either if you could change them, what would it, you know, how is it going to improve your life? And, and by you verbalizing, well, it's just physical or vanity sort of puts it into perspective a bit. Uh, but also you've also been very good previously in positioning that probably a lot of that has come from comparison. And historically, you're looking at, you know, perfect bodies on Hollywood movies or perfect photos in, you know, uh, and we're beginning to see a little bit more of that on Instagram of people sharing the reality of the behind the scenes, yeah. which is, I think, helping a lot of people. I saw only this morning, actually, somebody did a side by side photo. Uh, they took a photo of themselves and they literally just woke up. They said, here's me, hair all over the place, no makeup, you know, this is me. And they put that photo into an app and the app turned them into this sort of you know, the eyebrows had been tinted and changed, their face had been flattened, and it looked like they'd fully made up and were a model. And she sort of said, you know, and that's my point, is that now we don't even need to put any effort into it, just with a filter or an app, we can look yep. different to who we are. And that's why yeah, this that's idea, why this concept idea. of saying, do you know what, I'm only human, I am human, mm. is a beautiful thing to embrace. Can I just say one thing about this uh, as well? You even, when you, you just use the word perfect to describe Hollywood bodies... Yeah, there you go. Are they perfect? Yeah, language. I don't think they're perfect. No. And also, remember the person who has this, in inverted commas, perfect body, might be deeply unhappy versus your happiness yep. you found right now. There's a lot of, I think, incredibly um, attractive people I've met that will, you suddenly find out that they have their own body dysmorphic issues and don't themselves think mm. that they're attractive. And you think, well, that's a really interesting twist on perception, which means that this whole concept is fundamentally flawed. Mm, like humans like humans and i love the fact that we matt are unique just like everyone else in the world <laughs> so <laughs> i think it's time to say goodbye where can people find us and subscribe and all that jazz what did you say sorry oh i mean do listen where i did it went quiet no, for didn't. a second where <laughs> you decided you're you've stopped where <laughs> my time is up uh where where can people subscribe and share and catch more of us if they want to, Matt? 
Oh, I see. Well, basically anywhere that you wrangle your podcasts, the Amazon, the Apple, the Spotify's, uh, the Google podcasts, all up in those. And then all on your Instagram with the uh, at that human podcast and the new Twitter feed at that human podcast. Amazing. Don't forget to subscribe because, of course, we're weekly now and we wouldn't want you to miss it because Lord above, I've had to subscribe. Otherwise, I might miss it as well. Say goodbye, Matt. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Speak to you soon.